your podcasts. Des Moines' home for quality dental care for all ages is Fuller Associates Family Dentistry and Dr. Stephen Fuller. Since 1963, Fuller Associates Family Dentistry has provided a relaxed, family-friendly atmosphere to give you the smile you deserve. With two locations, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines and 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, make Fuller Associates Family Dentistry and Dr. Stephen Fuller your dental home. will be Atmos Immersive Sound. KXNO. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. With you until noon. Glad you're with us. If there's uh, any portion of the program, or you miss Cappy, perhaps, or in the uh, first hour, you can always go to the podcast page, kxno.com. Well, a good week recruiting-wise for Iowa State just got a little bit better. We knew the Bolton News, the Penn State guard who is committed to play for Steve Pro, made that uh, official yesterday. Speaking of yesterday, we talked to Dylan Montz yesterday. We were uh, referencing Darren Wilson, a JUCO receiver, six foot four, two hundred pounder. Uh, he has made his decision, and he too is headed to Ames. That wide receiver room uh, just got a lot more full. Boy, I'll say Petway earlier, and now this kid uh, Wilson, six foot four, and adding some size. So good for them. You know, good for them. When he mm-hmm. saw the list, it was Iowa State or it was West Virginia. Yep. And West Virginia's going to be okay, but they got to replace the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they got they lost a whole lot of receptions, so the opportunity was there for him. But I think Iowa State's in a better spot right now as far as where they're going to finish in the conference. No, I, I think you're exactly right. And sometimes you get a little bit too close to things, and we look at the local teams maybe in a different kind of light. Sure. I find it very difficult to... Find that third team in the Big 12 that's not Iowa State. TCU Baylor. <sighs> Baylor, I still think it's too early for that. And I under, really like Charlie Brewer. Good player. Yeah. Rule's really done like a nice him. job in, mm-hmm. in digging them out of the disaster that it was coming off of, on the heels of... Speaking of that, you saw the story, right? Which one? Of the old Baylor coach... Getting, Art Bryles, yes. Getting hired at a high school. And <laughs> you know what I st- Friday night of Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Just what I was going to say. Five thirty. The news on a dump Friday. of all news dumps. That I was. Mean, they're taking it out of Iowa City's playbook over yeah, there. What they're doing. Excellent point. High school football in yep. Texas. Despicable. I'm, come on. Right. Well, look. Uh, TCU's got a quarterback. Rogers is his last name, and he was injured. So he, was it? Was he an ACL last year? He missed a significant portion uh, of the season, anyway. So we'll see. Troy's coach uh, Brown is now the head coach at uh, West Virginia. Ooh, a, lot like, of pe- a lot of people feel I that. I really way. like that hire of of the hires in the Big Twelve. I think I like that one best. Do you over Wells at Texas Tech? Huh? What, what the Wells one was. Okay, he has a quarterback. Love is a terrific sure, quarterback. Sure. If you got a quarterback, you got a chance. But but quarterbacks and returning talent aside, just the hire. It's a well. I think my point is, I think Love got Wells as much. Uh, the attention was on him because he had a quarterback, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think. But Les Miles, come on. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder about Chris Kleiman. See, K-State. I'm hoping. I'm rooting for. Him. I am too. I. I like that rivalry with Iowa State and K State. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Those mm-hmm. games have been so compelling. So many times it's gone the wrong way for the Cyclones, but it's just been so many great games that it's turned out to be 
you don't want Kansas State to fall by the wayside. I, I would rather them be relevant as opposed to Baylor, uh, Oklahoma State. You know, programs like yeah. that. Kansas State, Iowa State sets up for something good because mm-hmm. well, we know that Kansas probably is not going to be relevant. Very no, often. I don't think so either. Even though Les Miles is there, I'm with you. I'm I'm not sold at all. Oklahoma State's weird. I don't I don't know what to expect from them. And yeah, you know, we'll know more once I get more familiarize myself again with what with what's going on with some of the other schools. Have you seen any magazines on the news? Well, I was just about yet? to say the big one. I, I checked it during the break. Yeah. Phil Steele comes out just funny you mentioned that. It's almost like we're thinking alike. Like we've is, been working together for a while. That's good. Yes. Uh, June 25th, Phil Steele hits the newsstands. It went to press today. 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 All right. That means uh, put in my notes, Phil Steele, email for radio interview. Okay, that's in the notes. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll get that set up this afternoon. Yeah, let's try and see if we can get him, uh, be one of the first to get him when uh, when the magazine hits the shelves 25th of June, for those of you who look forward to it every year. Look, I, I pick up Athlon, um, you know, Street and Smith's maybe. Usually Athlon's the second. That's Those are the two. Right. If I'm going to get one in advance of Phil Steele, I'm with you. And then it has to be going on a plane mm-hmm. that doesn't have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm at the newsstand now. All right, I'll spend the 14 Are bucks. Are there planes now that don't... See, I only fly Southwest. Whenever I fly, if I can, I'm on Southwest. See, I've only done Southwest uh, once. I don't know how you don't. Free Bags fly free, starters. Free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Free TV. No, I shouldn't say free Wi-Fi. That's not, that's not accurate. Okay. You have to pay for... But you get to watch TV that's for good. free. For free. And they've got... ESPN, there's mm-hmm. you know kids shows. I think the Disney Channel's on All right. one of them for the kids. Anyways, I'm not Cartoon Network maybe, but um, yeah, you've bags fly free and you watch TV. I mean, that, it makes flying so much easier. Are I you going to fly to Chicago next month for media days? Well, you're going twice, right? I am. I'm going to. Cindy and I are going to drive to the Rolling Stones because she has to hit this outlet mall in the outskirts of Chicago. Oh, I know that outlet mall. <laughs> I've also stopped at that. Yeah. Begrudgingly. No, I'm with you. I don't want to do it, but uh, I owe her. Um, so we'll stop there. <laughs> but I think I'm going to fly to Big Ten Media Days. I think in the think. same because it looks like Tara and Ellen aren't going to be able to make it with me. Mm-hmm. So I was asked that today, by the way. They're, they're putting a package on the street. Trent's going with you, right? Yeah. I said, yeah, as far as I know. I'm well, in. It came up yesterday on the show that he's not going to spend the weekend, but he didn't say he's out. Yes. I. I so we'll have to miss, miss Hackfest because that's the yeah, same day it as is. Hackfest. So we'll be here. Somebody's going to have to hold down the fourth end back in the studio during that time. Who do you think that's? I mean, does AD have to sit in the studio all day where everyone else is having fun at Hackfest? Well, it's been a while since I've been a part of Hackfest. Yeah. I don't know the answer to Maybe that. Maybe it'll be Andrew Brown. Maybe it'll be Emery. Zamora. Emery. Yeah, could pinch hit. Mm-hmm. A lot of options around here. There's, it's good to have them. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think I'll probably fly to Big Ten Media. Is there a Southwest flight no, from? No, well, there is. But, see, Southwest in the last, there used to be Des Moines to Midway. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah. Now, it's St. Louis. If you're flying anywhere east on Southwest, or even some flights that go west or so, you have to go through. You you got two options on Southwest. You go through St. Louis mm-hmm. or through Las Vegas. Right? Stop in Las Vegas. Well, see, have a couple of pulls. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why you would fly to Las Vegas to go to Chicago. That kind of seems it's a little way. roundabout way. Yeah, but but my point being is, I loved it when it was. You know, you could fly from Des Moines to Midway Airport. You still can, but you got to go through St. Louis, and why make an extra hop? So, American or United, um, it's what, it's an hour flight or an hour and five minutes. So, who's going to draw the short straw has to carry the equipment? 
Oh, I think I'll play my, the age card, as, wouldn't I? I? I figured as much. I mean, I pull a little much. rank? Absolutely. It's not that... Well, you're certainly not going to task me or trust me with setting it up. That's we'll true. We'll never get on the air. That's I'm true. looking forward to it. To me, it's yeah. the um, well. There's a couple of things. There's, it's here, it's it's Bill Steele. Yeah, that's and one. then it's football media days, mm-hmm. and phew, it's on. It's off, and yeah, I'm excited for. It. But back to the original premise of the conversation. It's the Big Twelve. I still think it's Iowa State in that third spot. Mm-hmm. And are you as in love with Texas as it seems? Yes, like I am. I, you I, are. I'm picking up the win. You're picking them to win. I'm picking them to win. Knock the Big off 12. Oklahoma. I think they will. Into the college football playoff? Well, if you're a Big 12 school, I would think, yes, I would think that, okay, I'll put them in the playoff. I think Ellinger's going to be the Heisman candidate. I heard it. I don't think he's going to win. I think the two the two national championship QBs will be, I mean, pick your poison, right? Lawrence Lawrence won 2-2, two 2-1, two, two Lawrence 2, and then the rest. Yeah. And then I mean, do, do, do they up. invite anybody else? Because it seems like it's a foregone conclusion. Who's more likely to miss, Clemson or Alabama? I think Alabama. Because of the conference. Because of the conference. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You go Get used to it, folks. To I, don't think, I don't think Clemson's... Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think uh, Clemson's going anywhere. Florida State does not look to be a very quick turnaround. They could turn around. Yeah, but even... I mean, Dabo's got it going on there. Different level. big, big way. Yeah. This is certainly better than what we saw Jimbo doing at Florida State. They mm-hmm. had a couple yeah. of nice teams, mm-hmm. but we're talking prolonged success. Right. Two national championships already. Yeah, I think, I think you see, I get used to a Clemson's. Maybe they're the new Alabama, although I don't think Alabama's going to drop too far. So I want to do this. Zuba Mahente's coming up in a couple of minutes. Honest to God, Trent, the sound that you're about to hear, audience, is I thought it was from a parody account. I love the 30 for 30s. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been very few that I haven't enjoyed. And I saw that ESPN was going to announce their new 30 for 30. And they, the new 30 for 30, at least promo, dropped today. And when I clicked on it, and when I saw it, and when I listened to it, and we're going to play the sound, because we, we can play the audio, but you can't, or the video, but you can't see it. Um, I thought it's a parody. I thought, come on. He came running into the studio. I was getting the update ready. I said, this has got to be a joke, right? That's what I thought, Trent. 30 for 30. And I'll give you the title of it right now before we play the audio, and I'm going to ask Zubin about it when he joins us after this break. The title is called The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry. To compare Kobayashi to Tiger Woods is, is a slight against Kobayashi. Kobayashi is the five-time champion. He wasn't a leader. He was a god. The kid was bringing press. We had a great rivalry. There's nothing like it. The old record 25 and an eighth. It is now 50 hot dogs and buns. The Japanese guy did it. He can't just be that much better. We saw him lose to a grizzly bear, so we knew he was beatable. Joey started training, and he took it very, very seriously. We started to see Joey as this real threat to Kobayashi. I, I realized that I hate him. In first place with 66 hot dogs and buns, Joey just died! I didn't expect the rivalry to end the way it did. Does that not sound like a parody to you? Not at all. It really Sign doesn't. me up. I'm pumped for this one. You really are too. See, I never watched it because it's two guys eating. Right. And well, it's a bunch of people eating. 
Well, okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. Is yeah, it? but watch. <laughs> uh, so Fourth of July, you don't get into the Nathan's hot dog eating. No, contest? I absolutely don't. So, so play the very first line of, of this thing again, it, because this is where this is where I was convinced that this was a parody. Play the, the very first line. To compare Kobayashi to Tiger Woods is is a slight against Kobayashi. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm right. Maybe it's a little hyperbolic. You think? You got to build the drama. I love 30 for 30. I will not watch one second of this. Not at all? I couldn't care less. Oh, this is incredibly intriguing to me. Has the world of sports exhausted all of the good stories? When is this 30 for 30 going to be played? Did you see the date that it's going to be released? Oh, is it July 4th? July 2nd. July 2nd. A build up to July 4th. Mm -hmm. PR machine in work. Yeah, I guess. Just another spoke in the uh, wheel there. And here it comes. Two days before the hot dog contest, you watch this, you'll get bumped up for it. Those people at ESPN know what they're doing. Yeah. One guy's got all those major championships. <laughs> the sled against Kobayashi. Yeah, one guy's a glutton. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. Zuba Mahante, we'll get his opinion on this next. I'll ask him, are they out of ideas at the four-letter network? Oh, uh, that's... The last one was great, Felipe Lopez. Oh, it was awesome. Yes. It was fantastic, Trent. I didn't know enough about the guy, um, and... What he's done after his career has come to an end, just remarkable what he's done for his country. It's a really good watch. Mm -hmm, This one, not so much. This is going to be great, too. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get Zuba Mahente in here. Before we do that, I'm going to get him on hold here so we can hear clearly uh, as we talk going into the break. Zuba, uh, good to talk to you, first of all. How are you? I want you to listen to something that uh, we uh, played just before we went to break. This is the promo, the audio the one-minute promo for the upcoming 30 for 30, which Trent and I are huge fans of. Uh, want More you, so be. Yeah, well, after this, uh, after this one that's going to uh, air on July the 2nd, may have lost me just a tad, but I want you to hear the promo. I'm sure you've heard it, uh, but uh, one more time. KXNO. Kobayashi is a slight against Kobayashi. Kobayashi is the five-time champion. He wasn't here. He was a god. The kid was bringing press. We had a great rivalry. There's nothing like it. The old record, 25 and an eighth. It is now 50 hot dogs and buns. The Japanese guy did it. He can't just be that much better. We saw him lose to a grizzly bear, so we knew he was beatable. <laughs> Stoey started training, and he took it very, very seriously. We started to see Joey as this real threat to Kobayashi. I, I realized that I hate him. In first place, with 66 hot dogs and buns, Joey just died! <laughs> I didn't expect the rivalry to end the way it did. There you have it. He wasn't just an eater. He was a god. Uh, Zubin Mahente joins the program. Zubin, Trent, and Ken. I thought it was a parody, but apparently uh, I'm wrong. That is the 30 for 30 that will air on July the 2nd, Zubin. Uh, How are you? 
Good. A couple things. Uh, a couple years ago when I was doing the 6 o'clock sports center, I work on the late nights now, but when I was doing the 6 o'clock sports center a few years ago, in and around July 4th, um, they brought Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut in, and we did a big segment with them. And the one thing that I took away from it um, was, you know, Joey Chestnut had been coming in every year, year after year, with his mustard yellow belt. I mean, this was just like a, a, a just like an assembly line sort of thing. Next interview, next interview, next interview. And the first time I had spoken to him, we actually did an ice cream eating uh, challenge on the set to kind of warm them up for the hot dog eating contest. He had said he had like downed however many you know little of those cartons of like Ben and Jerry. So we literally went out to the supermarket <laughs> and bought them and saw how many he could eat like during the interview session. And the one thing that I took away from him, because we pre-taped this thing, you can't do it, it's a little too messy to do on live TV. <laughs> but the thing that I always remember about him was how awestruck he was that he was Joey Chestnut. I think just after a while, it's sort of a caricature. You sort of get it. Everyone's sort of having fun with it. But I remember him walking in, seeing our new studio. His eyes were lit up. And this is just one of those things where once a year, he's always in the spotlight doing some media. This should be nothing but old hat to him. And it, honestly, it felt like to me and the time that I met him that every single time somebody asked him about doing this or setting this record or whatever, he seemed like genuinely <laughs> affected that people actually cared this much. I know this is a little bit of a frivolous thing and it's a lot of fun and it's just hot dogs on July 4th, but that's something I'll always take away. The other thing I'll take away from this 30 for 30 when we view it and when you see the clips and all that, it's sort of like the Fab Five one or the, the Miami football one or all the all the great ones, you think you know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And then you watch it, and you're like, that happened? Oh, I didn't realize they were wearing that because of this, or I didn't realize this was going to happen. So it's amazing to me, even when these stories are so well-told and well-chronicled, so well-told, everybody knows everything about the Fab Five. Everybody kind of knows about this hot dog eating contest, and we can all chuckle about it. But you watch these things, and you find out to yourself, wow, I mean, I thought I knew the whole thing, and here's, here comes somebody, like a character that I'd never heard of that played an integral role. Our, our 30 for 30 airing right now is about Janet Guthrie, who's the first woman to qualify for the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 in the 70s. So that's one a lot of our viewers may not be attuned to. A lot of our viewers are too young. Obviously, racing is a little bit of a niche at this point. So that's one where you watch and you say, okay, I just learned a ton because I didn't really know much about this particular story. But I would guess that when you watch this one on July 2nd, Something's going to trigger, and you're going to say, really? And, again, not that we follow the eating tour or professional eating or whatever these guys are doing, but the 30 for 30s have a way of kind of doing that. Yeah, I just I wondered out loud if you've, you've come to the end of ideas uh, in, the, in the sports <laughs> world. Do you have an idea, Zubin, nice. that you would like to see made into a 30 for 30? That's a good one. That is um, a good one. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Uh, give me till next week, because okay. the thing about it is, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you, if you have an idea, the one thing I always tell people about working at ESPN is if you have an idea, it can get, and I'm not kidding, it doesn't matter if it's a production assistant, which is kind of like our entry-level program for our folks learning how to do highlights, or your, you know, or your Michelle Beadle or Mike Greenberg or whoever you are, somebody in between, if you have an idea, um, you can absolutely get it in front of the right people. For example, a couple of years ago, I was listening to you guys and listening to KXNO, and I filed away uh, the Brett Greenwood story a couple of years ago. It wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, 
wasn't there a year where he was like completely out of football and people were wondering like what, what had happened to him before we knew about the health diagnosis? Am I correct about that? Well, we, we knew the story right away. He collapsed working out over in the Quad Cities at Bettendorf High School, but it was one of those stories that was on a Friday night and it kind of dissipated mm-hmm. quickly and we didn't hear a whole lot about him. Yeah, and then I filed it away and I remember you guys when you're always looking for your summer talkers, mm-hmm. what happened to him? Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to find out what the deal is? Will he return? And obviously you can talk Iowa football all year. I just filed that away in the back of my head and um, when it kind of came to light what happened, I passed it on to the game day guys, and we tracked it. Uh, you know, they were there for that great moment against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh where he yep. came out at midfield, and they kicked a field goal at the end of the game to win it, which seems serendipitous and amazing. And you just sort of tracked it, tracked it, tracked it. And that's something Iowa fans will always talk about. But even that moment, as you recall, kind of went under the radar because it was early in the season. It wasn't a glamorous opponent against Pitt. And I just sort of filed it away. And had, having worked in Iowa, I was always kind of keeping tabs on both teams. And then I saw Pat Anger got involved, and I said, phenomenal. guys, you need to take a look at this. We've got to take a look at this. I'm not working on college game day, but just, just keep this one in the back of your mind. They always have a story ideas folder going right now. I mean, we were talking about one 50 years ago, gigantic game between Texas and Arkansas that uh, President Nixon attended, and President Clinton was at as a boy in Arkansas hmm. when they played that game. So that was 50 years ago. So all these little types of stories, whether it's Greenwood or something like that, if you got something, honestly, whether it's a 30 for 30 or for anything, let me know. I can always get it into the right person's hands. And that's the cool thing about working here. No matter who you are, you can kind of connect with anybody. And if the story's worth telling, we'll do it. Well, and uh, if anybody in our audience does have one of those and you can't get a hold of Zubin, you can certainly get a hold of Trent and myself yes. on our Twitter. And we can get a hold of Zubin and, and pass it on. Zubin, let's go to the uh, NBA. I know you're about to get busy spending some late night. Well, you're always on late now anyways, but you'll have a uh, a fun talker once these games come to an end. Game one. And game two, and it's ridiculous to think about this. Uh, it takes place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, with, with the Raptors. I- I'm looking forward to it, Zubin. I really am. I'm really into this Raptors, this whole Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard story. I know it's more than that, but to me, you know, Leonard is the, um, he's the main focus of the, and, but Nick Nurse is playing a secondary role and playing a huge role and gets elevated for where he's from. I love this, Zubin. What do they have to do? Can they give, Golden State, a series in your mind? I think so, because I think they've finally gotten over that bugaboo. The Raptors' entire identity from 1995-96 on was their inability (laughs) to win a big series. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the moment LeBron extricated himself from the Eastern Conference, apparently for good, uh, that's the year the Raptors broke through. I think this is the year the Celtics and the Sixers and other teams that had a design on winning the East are going to rue the day they didn't because you just don't know what the East is going to look like next year with the impending free agency. So somebody not named LeBron had to win the East, and I think Masai Ujiri took a gigantic gamble. It paid off. They faced an 82-game regular season, and it doesn't matter. Well, you know, the Raptors won 58 games, and the Warriors won 57. And that's the reason we're playing this series in Toronto on Thursday night. Now, it may not matter. The Warriors might just take one, steal home court. But for anybody that says, you know, it's a long, gone-out season, ask the Raptors. Every single win ended up being worth it because they're going to need every advantage in the world. The one story I'm looking forward to, you know, besides the Drake and the Nick Nurse, and I'm so happy Nick Nurse is finally getting uh, a ton of attention, but the one story I'm really looking forward to is, let's say Durant doesn't play. He did take the team flight uh, to Toronto, which makes you think, all right, you know, Game 2 is Sunday, so there's actually plenty of time between Game 1 and Game 2. Maybe he'll be ready. But... If the Raptors were to somehow win this series, and I haven't, picked, I haven't heard anyone really go out on that limb, 
But if the Raptors were to win this series, you look at it and say the whole theory of we're better than Durant, which has been floated quite a bit. The Warriors mm-hmm. are be better without Kevin Durant. If they lose the series, I think you could actually throw that theory out the window. And then is it set up for the possibility of if they lose, Durant finally says quietly, see, you're not better off without me. See, you need me. See, I'm the two-time finals MVP, not Steph Curry. And maybe he stays opening the new arena, and he has one more year there just to validate. But that's one argument I haven't really heard. The idea that they lose, they validate Durant's worthiness, which is silly that we're even talking about that. But that narrative goes to the side, and maybe he stays if this team can't get it done without him. At this point, I think they can get it done with or without him because I think he's a little bit healthy and Curry's hand seems to be fine. But if they were to lose this series and KD doesn't play, that would be the key. Losing is one thing, but losing without KD could, that, could I think, really upset the apple cart in terms of what the expectation level might be and the perception of this team without Kevin Durant. So I think that's one thing nobody's talking about because nobody's expecting the Raptors to win. But that could be kind of a curveball story to keep an eye on. So, Zubin, let's say it plays out how most people anticipate. Durant doesn't play. They still get a championship. The Warriors do. And he moves on. His legacy, how much is it tarnished? His his championship legacy and going on wherever it may be with the Knicks or whatever other destination might be out there for him. The importance for him in becoming into that rarefied era of the greatest basketball players ever will winning a championship, quote-unquote, on his own. How important will that be? I think it'll be important depending on where he goes and what he does because the, the craziest stat to me of all, when we talk about Kawhi being the best player, is Kevin the best player, is LeBron the best player? You know, Steph Curry, <laughs> once, he's the NBA's only unanimous MVP, and people are saying he just came off the best individual playoff series of his career, and he's changed the way basketball is being played. I think you can count on one hand. Will Chamberlain, Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, maybe Shaq. They change the way basketball is played, and that's an extremely small list. So to say you have this guy that's playing right now that has literally changed the way the game is played at all levels, from kids not doing layup lines in rec league to now shooting threes, to the highest level of basketball, to this level of play, and Durant is still being talked about as being a better player, I would slow the roll on that conversation because I just think Steph Curry, this sounds crazy considering what he's done and the adulation that he's gotten, um, but I still don't think he gets enough credit <laughs> for what he's done. And that sounds crazy because we talk about him all the time. But I think his impact is immeasurable on the game. For Durant, if he goes to New York and wins, it's going to change the paradigm for sure. Um, look, he's a two-time finals MVP. I do honestly think if LeBron continues to slip in Los Angeles or they can't get the right free agent or his career ends with a little bit of a thud for him, and that means no titles in four years in L.A. and Durant continues to accrue titles and maybe does it in a place like New York that hasn't had a title since the early 1970s and the media attention that would go along with that and the incline of his game with the decline of LeBron's game, you would think, as the years go on. I think that argument could be there, but I think he's got to go to a downtrodden team and win it. But I think the biggest thing of all is, um, you and I know this, you know, it's the all-NBA team. You tell me there's six guards in the league better than Clay Thompson. I can't name mm. them. But the guys in the media have decided they're yeah, all Clay doesn't crazy. get $30 million. So it's Kevin Durant. But he seems to be bothered by 12-year-olds, 17-year-olds, guys that never played, guys like me in the media, guys that watch basketball. Broussard. Bizarre. Yeah, but those Broussard, he's got a little beef with Chris now. Yeah, he does. Colleagues. But it's one of those things where it sounds crazy, but I know you guys are baseball guys. The baseball glitterati, the baseball Hall of Fame is chosen by guys 
that are sitting in the press box going up mm-hmm. for seconds. They're now chosen by guys that played the game. And in the social media world we live in, uh, the legacy of Kevin Durant honestly will probably not be written by Kevin Durant, his association with LeBron, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr. It'll be written by the fans and the perception. And that just goes to show you how much the pendulum has swung. That a guy like Kevin Durant feels the need to go back and forth with a teenager, you know, on yep. Instagram or Twitter. I mean, he feels he needs to validate himself to that degree. So I, it's a good question, Trent, but I have a feeling that people that largely have nothing to do with basketball will end up making the decision on how good Kevin Durant is at basketball. <laughs> uh, Zubin, who is the most important player on both teams, not named Curry or Leonard? I think the most important player on Golden State is Draymond Green. Yeah, me too. Those parameters. Yep. Because Draymond Green, believe it or not, this is a crazy stat one of our guys told me the other day. Draymond Green, and I understand this because they've obviously survived to this point, Draymond Green leads the NBA playoff in assists. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, you know he can score when you Wow, I thought you were going to talk about his defense, Zubin. I'll be honest. That, I did not know that. I was stunned by it. I think the numbers are like 131 if off the top of my head I was thinking about it. But Draymond Green leads the NBA postseason in assists. He's actually had back-to-back triple doubles. I think he's the only guy in Warriors franchise history to have back-to-back triple doubles uh, in the playoffs. And obviously the vintage Warriors and these Warriors have some pretty good players from Rick Barry to Curry to Durant and all that stuff. Uh, but I think it's Draymond because obviously he's a guy that is asked to uh, defend Kawhi could do it. I think they'll probably put Clay Thompson on him as well because Clay's a great defensive player. So I would choose Dre for the Warriors. Great story about Dre. You guys probably heard early in the season. Bob Myers went to him and said, we need to talk. He's the Warriors general manager. And Draymond said, I know, I know. I got to lose 25 pounds. He's like, how did you know I was going to say you need to lose some weight? He goes, come on, man. We've been here five years in a row. I know. So he actually dropped 25 pounds hmm. during the season. And right now he's in unbelievable shape. And I think for uh, the Raptors, I actually it's easy to go Siakam or Danny Green because Danny's actually got some real playoff experience, unlike most of the guys on the Raptors, unlike Kawhi and unlike Danny Green. But I'm going to go with Lowry because I think this is his moment. He has waited for it. Yep. Um, you could say he's their second option, maybe their third, depending on what they get from Siakam. I, I could choose Van Vliet, but I'm, I'm just going to say the Warriors are going to be there and not leave him open at the three-point line. I think they respect his three-point shooting. But I think it's for Lowry because he's been there, he's waited, he had the breakup with DeRozan, he wasn't happy, and this is a guy that's been with the Raptors through and through. He's beloved by the fan base. He's not the player he used to be and is not asked to carry the load, but I think he's going to have to play a significant load because, to your point, Trent, um, I think they're probably going to have to play lights out to have even a, a chance to make this a very competitive series, and that means probably the longest-tenured Raptor, the most beloved Raptor over the course of time. Uh, Kawhi will probably go down as the legend no matter how long he stays or how short he stays, but I'll choose Lowry for the Raptors and Dre for the Warriors. You mentioned Nick Nurse, and certainly as Coach Bud on the other side from Milwaukee was getting some arrows slung his way, a lot of positive press about Nick Nurse on the national level, and a guy that we know, it's so great to see. You know our connection, and we love to make anything a connection to He was on PTI Iowa. yesterday. Did he was. That? He's a big fan of yeah. Kornheiser and Ed Wilbon over there. It's great to see this. When you hear people talk about Nick Nurse and the kind of coach that he is, what are some of the things that the NBA people are telling you about Nurse? Well, I think I think two things. I was talking about this with Legler the other day, because after they clinched Saturday night, we did like a big post-game special, and I just asked about Nick Nurse because I was like, if I don't ask, nobody's going to ask. Right? Like, nobody's talking about Nick <laughs> yeah, Nurse. Yeah. And two things. I mean, number one, in any profession, any of your listeners out there, whatever they do for a living, if you work with a guy or gal that has just flat out earned it, you just got to give it up. He is not, 
he's not like uh, Flip Saunders' son, Ryan Saunders. He's, he's not a young guy in his 30s. He's not Greg Popovich. He's not an older guy. He's just a gri- guy that grinded and made it. And whatever you do for a living, white collar, blue collar, if you're working with somebody that's just put in the work, put in the work, you know what he reminds me of, Ken and Trent? Mm. He's the pro Chris Beer. So I said this to somebody okay. the other day. He's just, a, he's just a guy that grinded, worked in a million different places, under the radar, no attention. It's like the old 20-year overnight success story, right? He worked and worked and worked and worked and suddenly shows up and he's great. I think I mentioned this last year. Most organizations probably would not have hired Nick Nurse because he would have been seen as an extension of Dwayne Casey. And most teams, I think, wanted a break and a clean break from Dwayne. So I give him a Sayuji a ton of credit. Not only did he stick his neck out to get Kawhi and what could be a one-year deal, but then he sat there and he chose a coach that was probably not an inspired choice, probably the right choice, probably not an inspired choice. So I give a ton of credit to Nick Nurse for what he's been able to do. Obviously, putting Kawhi on Giannis turned the entire Eastern Conference Finals. The second Kawhi got matched up on him, everything changed, and that was a move that Nick Nurse made. But I also think a ton of credit has to go to their GM. Big swing to get Kawhi. Big swing to go get Nick Nurse when people were wondering who. (laughs) And both of those moves have turned out to be spectacular. Will they keep Nick Nurse? I'm sure they will. Masai Ujiri is now being talked about for the Wizards' job, so he could end up possibly leaving. And then obviously Kawhi is the biggest question mark of all. So major props to Nick Nurse, but also major props to the guy that hired him and was unafraid to do so when I'm yep. sure there were going to be some criticism coming. So uh, big props to the entire Raptors uh, front office. And as you know, Ken, the country is going absolutely crazy. Bonkers. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like they, they're, um, the Blue Jays Canada's team in, uh, in MLB. Uh, the Raptors always wanted that or to, to capture the country, but uh, up until this last couple of weeks, they hadn't. It would have been interesting if the Maple Leafs been uh, playing against the Blues for the Stanley Cup. I mean, the town, Toronto, as it's known, would have been uh, just, um, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. So, but speaking of the, of the Cup, I, I, I want to bring up uh, Steve Levy and, uh, and Barry Melrose, who are once again covering this thing. You know, it's too bad that that it has the place that it does in this country, and I get it. Um, because these guys are really good, and their passion, well, Melrose, obviously, he played the game, he coached the game, he lives and breathes it, but Steve Levy is into it big time. These guys are really, really good for the sport, uh, for and, and ESPN, credit to them, even though they don't have it anymore as far as the broadcast rights. There's Levy, um, uh, and there's Melrose out on the road following these, this thing till its conclusion. Good for ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to Trent off the air. We were doing the show Sunday night, and I um, mean, you know, this is something that maybe some people would be surprised at, but this is a big deal. Uh, Sunday night, we did the late night show, and the first six minutes of the show, there was plenty of great baseball uh, on Sunday. There was really a lot of good baseball. There was the, the uh, Indy 500. There's all these things, but um, we led the show six minutes right off the top. Hi, hello. Let's go to Stephen Barry for six minutes. And it's six minutes of analysis, highlights. They came back later with Tuka Rath. But believe it or not, for the longtime hockey fans that are listening, I was talking to Steve about this the other day. This is now the 25th straight year they have covered the Stanley Cup final together wow. uh, for ESPN. So they have an incredible kinship. Uh, Barry told me when we were doing some of our hockey-related programming and on SportsCenter, he was dying to go to St. Louis. I said, you know, where's, where's the one place you haven't been over the 25 years that you'd love to go? And he said, well, actually, St. Louis or San Jose, so I'm going to win either way hmm. um, because those are two amazing fan bases that have waited for a really long time. So I don't want to take anything away from Boston. He lived in Boston for many, many years. He knows the city really well. Um, and obviously, tonight will be great. We'll see what happens. But I can't speak for Steve, but Barry specifically told me he absolutely cannot wait 
until they get to St. Louis because it's one of those things where the fan base has just waited for a long time. When I lived in Des Moines, the only uh, Blues fan I knew was Andy Sales, but he was a big Blues fan, as I recall, when I yep. was there. Yep. Um, but he's really looking forward to Game 3 and 4 to take nothing away from Boston and what they've been able to do and how great they've looked and the way McAvoy has played and Rask and Marchand. I mean, they, they couldn't talk about him enough. But I think they're really excited to get to St. Louis because as true hockey guys like you are and like they are, they can't wait to see those hockey fans, who, who most of them have waited their lifetime, to see this moment, the, the puck drop. You know, I think I saw the stat the other day, Ken. The Blues are now 0-13 ever in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, they got they swept the first three times they played. <laughs> so I can only imagine when the first goal goes in and maybe you just maybe feel like it's going to happen on our home ice, it'll be great. But, yeah, they've been doing it together for a quarter century. They love it. Bucci loves it. There's not a lot of people that love it. Like, they do. Linda Cohn uh, is a big fan of hockey mm, as well, yep. so... The ones that carry the flag, they're not huge in number like the NFL or something else or MLB, but the ones that carry the flag, I mean, they are diehard. Zubin, we will uh, watch you uh, following the game uh, Thursday night, Sunday night. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Zubin. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you, Zubin Mahente, ESPN. We have one more break, correct? We do. Let's do it right now. We'll come back, finish it up. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460s. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Name that tune. Edmund Fitzgerald, fine Canadian lad, Gordon Lightfoot, who I never got until recently. He's really good. Yeah. I didn't like him when I was growing up. Too folksy for you. Yeah, not enough rocking. Yeah. And I think maybe this was the song that put me over the top. It's really good. I don't know why it popped into my mind. Maybe something Canadian. But I said, yeah, we need to play a little Gordon coming Indeed, out here. We appreciate that. Uh, Murph and Andy are at the uh, new theater in uh, Waukee today, the, the uh, Palms Theater. I went out there a couple weeks ago, watched... Uh, you saw a movie there? Yes, yeah. Oh, it's open. I thought they were. this was the grand opening. This I'm is mistaken. the grand opening. They had the soft, soft launch. launch. Yes, yeah, all, yeah. all that. So it is incredible. It really is. Well, they're giving away tickets. I know Murph and Andy are there 2 to 4, and I heard Heather cutting some promos, and she's there for the bus, I think, today from 4 okay. to 6. So if you want to go to that uh, premiere of Rocket Man, Trent, I I want to see this movie. You're in. I'm a huge Elton John fan. All right, just because he's, I mean, he was so big when I was, you mm-hmm. know, a kid, right? right? Well, more a teenager. And I saw my wife and I saw him in Caesars, his Red Piano tour, just before it ended last February, so 2018. Oh my God, incredible! Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's it's really he's. Sounds like Elton John. Did you watch the Bohemian Rhapsody? Did you watch that movie? I didn't. I haven't either. Yeah. I want to. Do you? I'm sure I'll get to it at some point. I told you I watched the Netflix uh, Motley Crue one mm-hmm. a couple months ago. I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was good. Scott Dockerman, I'm sure, would like that as we always like to play Motley we'll play Crue for him. Play that form on Monday. He, uh, yeah, these, these, is this becoming a thing now? These rockumentaries, if you will? Are we going to see more and more of these start to I come out? So. I yeah? hope so. I hope so. Um. Yeah, I, that that would make sense. I could one see on that. the stones. I'm sure there is. Boy, that. Would be, yeah, I would. Um, I can't wait to see him next. When three weeks from now. Anyways, I'm looking forward to game two tonight of the Stanley Cup. Uh, Blues feels like they, like they, they, they don't have to, have to win, but it sure feels like that. Hockey is a little bit different than the NBA, at least in my mind. Where well, Milwaukee was up two zip and then lost were. four straight. We lost four straight, but it just feels like you know things momentum can shift a mm-hmm. lot differently in hockey, and you can get. On one of those runs. But yeah, I'm with you. 
you got to find a way to steal one yep. of these to win this series. It feels uh, that yep. way. Uh, Trent, uh, I watched uh, after the first 20 minutes of the game the other night, I felt it wasn't even close as far as who the better team was, and that was the Bruins. So hopefully the Blues can, because I want to see this thing go seven, yes. right? Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, Hendricks tonight, I won't watch your Twins. I'm going to do the hockey and the Cubs because Cubs are back on uh, NBC. Are the Twins play today or tonight? Tonight. Tonight. Good no, they're off today, actually. That's right. It was they, a two-game series yes. with the Brewers. Yep. Saw that. Um, and then they go to Tampa, maybe? Not sure. Anyways, more Fanatic, two Fanatics, and four Morning Rush tomorrow at 6, 1460 KXNO.